Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're in the doghouse, and we're all here to talk Mississippi State sports here on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to a belated edition of the Doghouse, and I think you can understand why we're running a little bit late this week with all the craziness going on in Bulldog country, and for that matter, all around college football and college sports. That's okay. We do crazy here, and we also do it with our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm your host, David Murray, going solo again this week. Mario Hagan has been rather busy with his own obligations back home in Texas, so We'll fly alone on this one, but I think we've got more than enough material to go over. Okay, big story. Wait, they're all big stories at this point. I mean, where do you want to start? Uh, Mississippi State being booked into the Tampa ReliQuest Bowl. And yes, I finally looked up what ReliQuest is and was even more confused than originally. It got something to do with software, and I will leave it like that. From here after this, we will call it the Tampa Bowl because I'm looking forward to return to it. I'm certainly hoping for a better result than 2018 as far as the game, though I thoroughly enjoyed those few days down in the uh, Bay, where actually I was born. Some of you may well know. Dad was doing his Air Force stint just about through, so I can claim to be one of 15 living native Floridians out in America, of which about a dozen of us don't live in Florida. No, I'm a free state boy, thoroughly, just by accident, born down there. Always good to return, of course, and uh, two, four years ago, I'm wading in bay waters, picking shells on New Year's Eve. Uh, let's put it this way. Anyone who's hesitating on their t- decision to spend the money to make that trip to Tampa, I think maybe a cold snap or two between now and Christmas will probably change your mind. Uh, more on that later. Uh, obviously, Big news, State getting the bowl bid, and yes, there were some conniptions at the last second. We had a story ready just in case it was the Gator Bowl, but our primary piece was the one we ended up using, of course. We expected State to get the Tampa Bowl once it became clear that LSU was probably going to the Citrus and would not be in the college football New Year's Six arrangement. And of course, Alabama-Tennessee did, Georgia's in the playoff, and everything fell into place after that. Uh, interesting, the ReliQuest and Gator Bowls were among the very last to be announced because there was a great big feud between the Gator and the Holiday Bowl over who would get Notre Dame. Well, of course, they both wanted Notre Dame. Everybody wants Notre Dame. Tampa wanted Notre Dame. If they could have gotten them, didn't turn out that way. They had to uh, abide by their Big Ten contract because of Ohio State going to the playoff and ripple effects all through there. You know, someday when the breakaway takes place or Power 5 conferences just entirely take over the bowls themselves with ESPN funding, maybe we won't have all these connections. And it'll be back the really old days when, with a few exceptions or almost no ties, maybe one team from one conference locked in a bowl, everything else for picking. And it's real craziness with all those guys and Blazers coming back to do their wheeling and dealing with school saying, hey, why don't you come on down to our place, bud, this here Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember those days, especially the Blazers part. Anyway, so Mississippi State did end up with Tampa, which will pay a million dollars more than the Gator Bowl. They play a less attractive opponent. No, hiding that fact, Illinois is not going to be as much fun to play, uh, not least because they're not a fun team to play, period. Think Arkansas during the better of the Brett Bielma years, or Wisconsin if you watched them back then. A team that grinds the clock, eats the game, stays on the ground, doesn't throw much, and plays hard defense. So, not entertaining, 
but a chance for Mississippi State to go out and beat those teams because, hey, Joe Moorhead beat them, Dan Mullen beat them. I think Mike Leach's air raid can also beat the Illini. But it will be a challenging matchup, which we'll talk more about in coming weeks. Right now, it's all about the Bulldogs with their practicing starting tomorrow. Uh, this is a good time to jump in and remind you, too, that uh, starting right now with a big basketball weekend in college and pro as well, of course, the NFL busy, check out Bet Online because basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, and yes, even golf. Winter golf, nothing like it, and no, I don't play. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, capitals B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. The game will start for Mississippi State on January 2nd, and as of this Friday afternoon recording, it will start with practically the intact starting lineups on offense and defense with three obvious uh, exceptions. And the fact that it is only three at this point means things are finally settling down at the end of a really, really wild midweek for Mississippi State and the fans in particular. Our message boards on Gene's page 24-7 have been in full meltdown mode on all sides of the issue when first word broke, of course, that Rara Thomas would be transferring out, and then all of a sudden Dylan Johnson makes his move. Since then, Xavier Thomas has joined the exodus through the transfer portal. But that right now, other than the five others, either walk-ons or down-the-line reserves who don't really factor in this year's team, and to be blunt, we're not going to factor into futures teams very much either, have decided to apply to the portal. Now, does that mean they'll have a landing spot and absolutely are gone? Uh, no guarantees on that. Uh, I've, what I understand now, there's well over a 1,000 in the portal already since it opened up on Monday, and that actually seems kind of low to me, given that something like 3,000-plus were in it last year, of which only 60% found a comparable college destination, I might point out as well. Well, good luck to those who've entered. The kerfuffle all week, of course, was Dylan Johnson's scorched-earth approach as he left, uh, taking some shots at his head coach while he was making his exit. And, of course, the conversation that ended up being recorded of Coach Leach talking uh, back to the football office. And as best I can tell, and, you know, we, we can read into this more things than possibly you could do into the Watergate tapes. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that because there's probably two or three generations who have no idea what I'm talking about with the Watergate. Okay, uh, we could talk, well, let's leave politics out of it for now. You can put all kind of spins in there about what you heard, what you didn't hear, what you think you heard, what you wish you heard in those and I will be blunt too, quite a few narratives who have taken up one absolutely unimproachable side against the current administration. They ain't going to be shifted by whatever they hear, and they're certainly not going to back off some of their strong statements that there had to be a change after all this. Well, those narratives have been deflated, and it turns out it's actually pretty normal business as usual for several Bulldogs who are deciding to make their way out 
and many more who have had the option to leave and are deciding to stick around. Uh, just the latest news this afternoon, Jaquavius Marks has indeed announced he will be returning to Mississippi State. And yes, that was a legitimate question because he, like his running mate Dylan Johnson, were both looking to maybe being an offense that might utilize their skills more. Now, parenthetically, I'm going to say this. It's hard to imagine them finding an offense that would let them fully utilize their skills more than Mississippi State's system has already done. Joe Marks had 145 touches by my count. That doesn't include penalty plays or such. And Dylan Johnson, 138. The only way they were going to get more touches is for one of them to leave. Well, that's how it's turned out, and now Marks is going to be the beneficiary, along with still young and developing Simeon Price, who I really want to see get a lot more snaps in the bowl game just to show his speed in those positions after the marvelous job he did in the Egg Bowl as a selfless blocker, not carrying or catching the ball. I think he deserves a chance to make some plays down there in the bowl game. And, you know, Joe Marks, too. Let's not overlook this. He wasn't healthy all season. Here's a chance for him to get closer to 100% for a bowl game and go into spring ball as the undisputed top dog in the running back room, which was not the case the past couple of springs. So now he's going to be the beneficiary. I think the Bulldog offense is, oh, what's the word for it? Cleaner, maybe, in the sense that you're not confused or no questions about who to shuttle in when. You feel better because there's a clear differentiation between the skill sets there in the running game, the passing game, just the total offense. So... I'm not going to call this addition by subtraction. I like Dylan Johnson. I like his game. I thought he added a lot to the Bulldog offense the last two years especially. It's just he wanted more touches. Bless him if he's going to find them somewhere else. You, I do not wish ill on him coming in the future, unless, of course, he plays Mississippi State. Other than that, it's just the nature of the game today. Guys want more. They feel that career clock clicking. And, of course, he has a young son that he's got to think about taking care of as well. So you see the pressures on him. This is not to excuse anything he said or how he made his exit, other than perhaps the benefit there is it provides an object lesson when current players, not just at State but everywhere else, see the flashback on some of the comments he made and how he presented them in social media, learn the lesson, don't burn bridges, walk out graciously, even when you don't feel very gracious about it, you know, only say positive things about where you're leaving and hopeful things for where you're going. Stay on good terms because, hey, guess what? You never know who's going to end up being your coach somewhere else if you move. They may have friends. They may have old connections. Or, in fact, they may move to your own school. That could be a little uncomfortable. You may find them in pro ball where they also have connections. So just a general advice for all players out there. Don't slam the door too loudly as you walk out of it. Thank everybody for what you had, what you were given to do, and then look for somewhere else where you can do more of what you want. Everybody wins that way. Okay. Chances of that advice being followed uh, completely? Nil, because egos get involved in athletes and coaches. And we've seen some of that the past week or so here at Mississippi State. But the bottom line now is that barring further changes, and I always worry about this in the NIL context because let's also be blunt, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes recruiting going on between programs now. You know, recruiting is so different. I really want to have a sit-down with Coach Leach at some point, whether it can be arranged during bowl camp or not, I don't know. But 
I just want to ask him from a big picture view, from the, the proverbial 30,000 foot view as he's flying down to Key West or coming back to Startwell, how does he view recruiting in the portal era? And how does he re- view recruiting in the NIL area where you have to worry about another school trying to steal your player or maybe, you know, theoretically, do you watch players on other teams when you're scouting and think, hmm, I wonder if there's any way that uh, perhaps they might be interested in a change of address. Yeah, that verges in the old charge of tampering. I don't know what tampering is anymore. I don't think the NCAA knows. And if they do know, there's not a dadgum thing they appear able to do about it. Ultimately, it's going to come down to the conferences doing their self-policing, particularly on intra-conference, intra-conference, I'm sorry, intra-conference switches that have been happening. But that's all projected at this point because signing day is December 21st and it is full speed ahead for Mike Leach and staff as they go at it. Oh, and another modest little fuss risen today. Uh, Some fans, not many fortunately, but some are questioning why Mike Leach did not make the trip yesterday down to Tampa with Brian Langloy, the PR director and others, to appear at the ReliQuest press conference. Well, because Leach had recruiting obligations set up before the bowl conference presser was set up. And that bowl presser, of course, varies from bowl to bowl. And at this point, you can't delay setting up your recruiting trips just to see when you've got to go talk to media or talk to bowl staff at some point. Both sides understand recruiting takes priority at this point, even to some extent over bowl planning. You've got to get out there and recruit, so Coach Zach Arnett went down, and of course it's a good training for someday. He'll be a head coaching candidate himself. That said, Leach was out recruiting. I think he was taking care of business, and I say that as a media member who generally gets to interview these coaches. The fact that he would turn down my tribe to go out and talk to prospective players, oh, all in favor of that, because guess what? I'd rather cover a winning team than I would cover a coach in a bowl press conference. Strange? No. I think that should be the norm for my tribe, but it's not. We're we're the world's greatest bunch of whiners, if you haven't noticed by now. Okay, sorry guys. Anyway, Mike Leach has been busy recruiting. We're still, what, today's the 9th, 21st, so less than two weeks away from the NCAA signing period. And the news that Johnson is leaving, Xavier Thomas, who wants to go back to Louisiana, a player that is a potential loss because while he didn't have a big role in receiving game this year, the potential was certainly there for him to take a step up, as did Tulu Griffin two years ago after spending, you know, some year, mostly as a returner, some as a receiver. Now he's made himself into a receiver worthy of all conference consideration, but he made All American today as a returner. And as best I can find, he is the first Mississippi State specialist, strictly specialist, named All-America in the nine decades such honors have been handed out. Now, sure, guys like uh, Shorty McWilliams, Frank Dowsing, Marty McDowell, Pig Prather, um, I know I'm missing somewhere in that group there as well, they made All-American as Bulldogs, but they did it at their primary position. And here we have Tulu Griffin, the first to ever get it as strictly a specialist, quite an honor for him in that regard, and he's made two All-America teams so far. More will be coming out as it happens. Of course, Emmanuel Forbes is going to be a consensus All-American first-teamer at this point. He's already got two on his credit, along with all Southeastern Conference first-team. He will not be playing in the bowl game, as noted, because he's going to start his preparation for the NFL draft, and we cannot even begin to question that decision because he has a chance for a fabulous future in there. 
just so proud of, of Junior Forbes for what he's done, setting an FBS record, the way he spoke with media, the way he represented himself to fans. He just did it right. So no regrets at all. He's going to pass up the bowl opportunity to start doing that. I don't think anybody would begrudge him that option any more than we begrudge Charles Cross passing on the Liberty Bowl last year to get a jump on his. That's just the reality of the bowl games. So in one sense, too, and we will talk about bowl games in coming weeks. What do they matter? Why they matter? Do they matter? And one thing about it is with the opt-outs, you always get to see guys who are probably going to be the starters next year, certainly the guys contending in camp, or you get a head jump on finding guys. Can they practice? Can they play? Or do we need to go to the portal and start finding somebody else to bulk up that position? In fact, even take it over entirely. Just so many different angles to cover from traditionally being just another chance to go watch the team play, which frankly should be all that matters to us fans because, as I often say, you only get so many football games in a season. You only get so many football games in a lifetime. If you have a chance, don't pass up on them because you never get those chances back. That's your lecture for today as far as that goes. Practices do start Saturday. We've not been given a bowl camp schedule as of yet. Hopefully we'll have one sometime by this evening. Um, I kind of would be secretly happy if they'd close Saturday's practice because I'd like to go to a gun show in Jackson down there. It's been so long since I've been to one of these little events and I need to scope some things out myself. Not that the bank account is exactly flush, but oh, you like to get an idea of what's on the market out there. Okay, that's me being selfish at this point. But bowl camp begins tomorrow. They'll have their set days on campus. We'll find out what their schedule is in Tampa. I'll be making a trip down to Florida to visit Kathy's family. So I'll be on the other side of the peninsula in a place near Jupiter. But we'll be heading to Tampa ahead of New Year's Eve to cover the Bulldogs in the ReliQuest Tampa Bowl. Uh, it's 13th straight bowl trip for Bulldog football, the ongoing record. In fact, once that game kicks off, if this matters to anyone out there, and yeah, to my generation and previous, it sure as heck matters. Mississippi State will have played half, repeat, half of the bowl games ever by a Bulldog team in this ongoing stretch that began in 2010. Mull that over and think about how, what it says about the program. Sure, there's a lot more bowls now. So what? It means Mississippi State has played most of its bowls in its history during the past couple of generations. Another thing that maybe we ought not take so lightly for granted because bowl consolidation is coming. I'm talking to an assistant director of the Southeastern Conference during the last home game, he mentioned that several bowls, because they've had to change sponsors so often, they're losing sponsorships, they'll be going away. Your options will be limited down the line as, of course, conference consolidation takes place. Other bowls will be more tightly affiliated to conferences, which can be good or bad either way. So don't pass up on this chance. Uh, by the way, Mississippi State has reported that its own ticket allotment, which I, I admit they're not always the best tickets and usually cost a little more than what you can get them for on the secondary market, but still you're guaranteed of sitting with Bulldog fans. Anyway, the Bulldog ticket office is reporting that that allotment is pretty much close to selling out, so get your bid in as fast as you can now if you want to sit with fellas and uh, or ladies, Bulldog fans, in the same sections down at Raymond James Stadium, where I had a great time up until about the third quarter of the game in 2018. But a great stadium, great place, just a fun trip to make, sunny weather, and uh, 
I enjoyed the parade the night before the game, and I'm not a big parade kind of guy, but I thought it was fun, especially that night watching Bully just totally outdance that poor Hawkeye mascot. I don't think he'll have any trouble outdancing uh, Chief Illini this coming trip as well. We'll be talking, of course, about the bowl increasingly in coming weeks here on the Doghouse. For right now, Bulldog football, as far as we know at this point, um, defensive coordinator Zach Gornett is still on the Bulldog fold. He's been linked with the Auburn job down there, new head coach. I think at this point, indications are he will be staying around, certainly through this postseason. Now, he's going to be a hot commodity given the job he did this past year. But the fact that Jaden Crumedy, Cam Young, Nathan Pickering, all these guys have already said they're coming back. Jet Johnson's coming back. Nate Watson is coming back. Yes, he had a little fun at the expense of fans, although it sent quite a few of us into heart palpitations, when he phonied a tweet the other day that, oh, I'm going to enter the portal. Well, no, he didn't. But I think he was making fun of those who do and make such humongous announcements with these glorious graphics about so blessed to do whatever I'm about to do, and I don't even know what I'm doing. Well, good for Bookie for having a little fun with that. Better on him should he and this gang decide to stay because that means Mississippi State's front box will be solid, solid again. Hate to lose Randy Charlton. Certainly hate to use uh, Tyra Sweet, but they're headed off to professional football, and God bless them on that because they have done their job and more. So bowl camp will be as much about fitting the guys in and finding who's going to be stepping up. We have some good ideas because you saw the rotations this past year, but you want to see our guys ready not just to take starting jobs. Who's going to compete for those starting jobs with them? Who's Who on the third and reserve teams are going to be the number twos and possibly even alternates for the first team? That's what bowl camp is also about and why we do enjoy covering it in these days. It's an advanced look on spring football, which is going to be hugely important again as we look ahead to year four of Mike Leach's regime here at Mississippi State. Now, turning away from football uh, for a few minutes here, although not entirely, but we're going to move into all sports. We're reporting today, um, well, not even full story. It's just kind of some notes by Steve Robertson, who is staying in touch with as many people who are willing to talk at this point. Uh, the athletic director search is still on schedule. Now, we've seen some people asking, well, what's taking so long? No, the plan always was, as we found out within a day or two of John Cohen taking the Auburn job, talking to our contacts, that the target date for having an athletic director would be the first week of January with the possibility of announcing that new AD around Christmas time. It's got nothing to do with the holidays and everything to do with the timeline of Dr. Mark Keenum the search firm who has been employed to vet the candidates he's found. The interviews are about to begin in earnest. They've already done the initial contacts, checking and winnowing. And from what we understand, they're down to three. Now, that doesn't mean this is absolutely three finalists. More can be added as further information or as people decide maybe they're interested in the Mississippi State job and get in contact. At this point, it looks like, though, we can say there are three for sure I guess finalists is the word for it because they will all get their own off-campus, repeat, off-campus interviews. Only one will be invited to campus for a, and here's where you can check out my air quotes, interview. No, the one who is invited to campus, that's the guy. It will come down to, does he want the job? So 
We, of course, we've been plugging Jared Benko, former Mississippi State Assistant Athletic Director, now been at Georgia Southern for a couple of years, had a successful run there. Their football team did well this past year, and he's got a bowl game of his own to get ready for. Uh, who is not going bowling but has a basketball season to take care of up in Memphis is their athletic director, Laird Veach. He has emerged as a strong candidate as well and brings quite a few corporate connections with him. And then there's a Mississippi State alumnus, John David Wicker, who has spent most of his career out on the West Coast right now. He's athletic director at San Diego State, where they just opened a new stadium this past year. He has had a brief experience working in the Southeast at Georgia Tech, I believe, what, 2015-16. Other than that, the last two decades he's all been on the West Coast. Is that necessarily a negation of it? I don't think so. Those are the three names we know of at this point. Uh, more will certainly be bandied about. Whether they're serious or not, I don't know. And yes, while I'm a Jared Benko fan, that doesn't mean it's I'm putting a stake down at the ground saying him or nobody. No, I don't care who Dr. Keenum and his advisors settled on. I'm comfortable with any of these three selections from what I know of them so far. I like some of the other guys who have been listed as considerations. They just didn't turn out to be practicable candidates because they already have good jobs. They decided not to leave or at least not to leave this year. Always remember that too. You can go after anybody you want to, but they've got to be willing to want to move and take on a job like this. It's a job that'll pay well, it's a job in the SEC, and it's a job with entirely unique challenges being in the SEC with our fan base, our demographics, our finances, all sorts of things that make Mississippi State just a little bit different than your typical AD job. If there is a typical AD job in these crazy days, but that's our reporting as of now, Mike Nemeth and Steve Robertson, and I will be updating as whatever information we find and feel comfortable going with, comfortable as in we feel there's some facts behind it, not just somebody's speculation and whispers out there, which gets a little tough no matter the situation or time of year because you're going to hear so many names. That AD will walk into a SETI situation because now with Mike Leach certainly in charge of football, you got Chris Jans, you got Bulldog basketball off to a flying start, eight and nothing. Tomorrow is going to be their first next, or should I say next series test? Because they, they had a couple of series tests from Marquette in Utah in the Fort Myers event, a couple of three point wins, but they were wins, and that's the closest calls they've had so far this season. Good solid victories where State didn't shoot well, score well. Of course, that's been the typical of the entire season against decent opposition, but they play great defense. They play with even greater effort, and they just play to win games at crunch time, which you can say the previous teams had a tendency to let those things get away. So far, this team hasn't, but let's check out tomorrow. And if you check it out, it's going to have to be on the Big Ten Network because it's 730 Central Time against Minnesota up in Minneapolis. If the Bulldogs come home 9-0, and there is no, I repeat, no excuse not to have a huge turnout in the big circus tent down on State Street. I'm sorry, not State High Street in Jackson when Mississippi State plays Jackson State in Magnolia Madness. That's 630 in the Mississippi Coliseum. I'm serious, guys. If this team comes home undefeated still after playing Minnesota, even if they lose the game at Minnesota, I don't care. Come out and support this team. I talking to Chris Jans a week ago, and our, 
our contacts have been limited because of the schedule they have with final exams of the time to do pressers. But Leach, I'm sorry, Jans has made himself available. And I had a chance to ask him, you know, what does this game mean? What would a crowd mean? And he said, well, they recruit there. They draw fans from the Jackson area, support, boosters, all sorts of things. This is big. And a big turnout of people who maybe right now aren't strong supporters of the program and justifiably after the last decade or so, people have been a little hands-off about Bulldog basketball. Come out and check them out. Just see what they're doing. See the effort. See the intensity they're throwing into games. Watch the rotations of players as Jans tries to put together his best grouping before he dives into SEC play soon enough. And just draw your own judgment. I think you're going to decide that Bulldog basketball is once again worthy, not just of your interest or even following, it's worthy of your support. And I can say the same thing for Sam Purcell's bunch, the Lady Dogs, 7-2, and two, and they've had a, their losses were, let's see, by overtime in a, a pretty, a one point in a pretty dubiously officiated game at South Dakota State, and then an overtime as well to Nebraska. So they're home this coming weekend, um, Sunday, yes, Sunday afternoon, 5 o'clock, UT Commerce. Okay, even I didn't know there was a school called UT Commerce, but hey, they got a basketball team. They're coming to Humphrey Coliseum, and the Lady Dogs are playing, so a chance to watch a little home basketball action as well. But big key, Wednesday night, 6.30 in the Coliseum, Magnolia Madness against Jackson State. Show up and show support for Chris Jans because I think you're going to like what you see there. And you're going to especially like what you see if you can envision what will happen when a team with that kind of effort and that kind of defensive focus and rebounding and intensity they play with, when Chris Jan starts plugging in more skill position players or even some of these guys suddenly find that shooting range, this could be a fun year for Bulldog basketball. Well, it's been a fun year for Bulldog football in a lot of respects. Still frustrated that the Kentucky and LSU games, and I'm going to hammer on that deflated drum probably for years from now, much like that 2018, you wonder what could have been if they'd just taken care of business in one more game. Well, if the Bulldogs had taken care of Kentucky, taken care of LSU, either they're playing in Orlando on January 2nd instead of Tampa, but Tampa's a mighty fine fall pack position. The weather should be good. Well, of course it should be good. It's December in Florida. It's a sunshine bowl. The roster is going to be mostly intact again, as we noted, and you have a chance to watch other guys play. There's no reason not to follow it, not to enjoy it. And oh, by the way, the Golden Egg is in Starville for another year. Think about that as you plan your holidays, because that always makes things happier around Bulldog country. Well, we've kind of rambled around a little bit today in the doghouse, which is brought to you again by our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. If you like what you're hearing, you know, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcast? How about it? So maybe by next week, we'll have Mario back hook up to talk about the results of the transfer portal. I want to get his unique viewpoint as a former player. No, he didn't live in the days of transfers. And as he's made clear a couple of weeks ago, he would never, ever, ever have considered leaving Mississippi State, certainly for a rival, much less leaving period. But it'd be interesting to see what he has to say about this after his experiences in college and professional football, about the transfer portal, maybe more so about these public service announcements that the players leaving seem to want to make to announce to the world that I'm going, I'm going, 
I'm going. Try to stop me. I'm go- Okay, that's me. Being a little cynical here. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> this whole thing is almost designed to make you cynical and wondering again about how to recruit. But stay in touch here in the doghouse. Of course, keep following us on Gene's page 24-7 as our crew keeps track of the announcements of players coming and going, hopefully most of them staying. Recruiting is uh, hitting the final two-week home stretch ahead of December signing date. Just so much going on. Of course, athletic research, as we talked about. But it's fun time. It's uh, Sometimes when football season ends, you feel like you got a chance to catch your breath. No, not in Bulldog country this year. Not many years for that matter. But that's what keeps us talking here in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, David Murray, and I look forward to talking with you again hopefully earlier next week and with um, more good news and less chaos from Bulldog Country. But then again, it's never boring. Thanks for checking in, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.